0: Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks
1: and Jerry Hendricks with Save One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God in human life than to reject His eternal salvation only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. The focus of today's message is The Precious Blood of Jesus Christ, Part 1, we will conclude with part 2 next week. There are more than 200 names for Jesus throughout the Bible. A few are chief shepherd at 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 4, counselor at Isaiah 9 verse 6, deliverer at Romans 11 verse 26, glorious lord at Isaiah 33 verse 21, great high priest at Hebrews 4 verse 14, I am at John 8:58. King Eternal at 1 Timothy 1, verse 17, Lord at John 21, verse 7, Prince of Peace at Isaiah 9, verse 6, Seed of David at John 7, verse 42, Word of God at Revelation 19, verse 13, Word of Life at 1 John 1, verse 1, and Truth at John 14, verse 6.
0: At John chapter 1, verses 29, 35, and 36, we read where Jesus is called the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked along and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed him. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7 spoke about Jesus in very specific terms. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he was submissive and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is done, so he opened not his mouth. Bible teacher Albert Barnes states, As a lamb which is led to be killed is patient and silent, so was he. He made no resistance, he uttered no complaint. He suffered himself to be led quietly along to be put to death. What a striking and beautiful description. How tender and how true. We can almost see here the meek and patient Redeemer led along without resistance and amidst the clamor of the multitude that were assembled with various feelings to conduct him to death, himself perfectly silent and composed with all power at his disposal, yet as quiet and gentle as though he had no power, and with the perfect consciousness that he was going to die, as calm and as gentle as though he were ignorant of the design for which they were leading him forth.
1: Although Jesus was treated shamefully, Revelation 13.8 tells us that all the inhabitants of the earth will fall down in adoration and pay him homage, everyone whose name has not been recorded in the book of life of the lamb that was slain and sacrificed from the foundation of the world
0: our society has seen many changes in the way people live and think in the last several hundred years that are considered innovative however in the area of sin atonement and forgiveness those of us living in westernized civilizations are thousands of years behind Ironically, those living in what we would consider primitive cultures have a much better grasp on the importance of blood regarding these issues. Just so there is no confusion about what we are saying, we define sin from Webster's 1828 dictionary as either a positive act in which a known divine law is violated, or it is the voluntary neglect to obey a positive divine command, or a rule of duty clearly implied in such command. Sin comprehends not action only, but neglect of known duty, all evil thoughts, purposes, words, and desires, whatever is contrary to God's commands or law. The word translated atonement, according to Strong's lexicon, is from the Hebrew word kafar, a primitive root to cover, specifically with bitumen, what we call asphalt today, figuratively to expiate or condone, to placate or cancel, appease, make an atonement, cleanse, disannul, forgive, be merciful, pacify, pardon, to pitch, purge away, put off, to reconcile or make reconciliation.
1: After God called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he instituted an educational program for all of them so they would understand the difference between him and the gods of Egypt. They needed to know who he is, what he was to and for them, and what they needed to be for and toward him. One of the major issues God brought to their attention was how they should live while he was with them. He established a method to handle times when they would violate boundaries he set for them. That method involved a system of rituals in which blood was taken from animals by humans specially designated as priests and offered to the Lord on behalf of humans. The presence of blood indicated that a death had taken place to pay for sin that was not only resident in the nature of humanity corrupted from the fall of Adam and the pollution of rebellious angels, but also sin that may have been committed because of that impure nature.
0: At Luke chapter 18 verses 31 through 34, Jesus warned his disciples about what was going to happen to him, but their response was not what he intended. And taking aside the twelve, he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all the things that are written by the prophets with reference to the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and mistreated and spit on. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. And they understood none of these things, and this saying was concealed from them, and they did not comprehend the things that were said.
1: Jesus' death was predicted, but it was also demanded, as Mark 15 verses 12 through 14 reads, And again Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with the man whom you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted back again, Crucify him! But Pilate said to them, Why? What has he done that is evil? But they shouted with all their might all the more, Crucify him at once! In Matthew 27, we read where Pilate delivered Jesus to death, starting at verse 24. So when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but rather a riot was about to break out, he took water and washed his hands in the presence of the crowd, saying, I am not guilty of nor responsible for this righteous man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. So he set free for them Barabbas, and had Jesus whipped, and delivered him up to be crucified.
0: Roman soldiers mocked Jesus at Matthew 27, starting at verse 27. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the palace, and they gathered the whole battalion about him. And they stripped off his clothes and put a scarlet robe a garment of dignity and office worn by Roman officers of rank upon him. And weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed, or staff, in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they made sport of him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head. And when they finished making sport of him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own garments on him and led him away to be crucified."
1: The account of Jesus' actual crucifixion begins at verse 32 of Matthew 27. As they were marching forth, they came upon a man of Cyrene named Simon. This man they forced to carry the cross of Jesus. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered him wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided and distributed his garments among them by casting lots, so that the prophet's saying was fulfilled. They parted my garments among them, and over my apparel they cast lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. And over his head they put the accusation against him, the cause of his death, which read, This is Jesus. The king of the Jews. At the same time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on the left.
0: And those who passed by spoke reproachfully and abusively and jeered at him, wagging their heads. And they said, You who would tear down the sanctuary of the temple and rebuild it in three days, rescue yourself from death. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross." In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders made sport of him, saying, He rescued others from death. Himself he cannot rescue from death. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in and acknowledge and cleave to him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he cares for him and will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also abused and reproached and made sport of him in the same way. Matthew
1: 27, 45 recalls Jesus' final hours. From the sixth hour, which is noon, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, 3 o'clock. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sapatani, that is, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me, leaving me helpless, forsaking and failing me in my need? And some of the bystanders, when they heard it, said, This man is calling for Elijah. And one of them immediately ran and took a sponge, soaked it with vinegar, and put it on a reed, and was about to give it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him from death. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit.
0: And at once the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep in death were raised to life. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus observed the earthquake and all that was happening, they were terribly frightened and filled with awe and said, Truly, this was God's Son. There were also numerous women there, looking on him from a distance, who were those who had accompanied Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them were Mary of Magdala, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons.
1: We are told about Jesus' burial in Matthew 27, verses 57 through 61. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. And Joseph took the body and rolled it up in a clean linen cloth used for swathing dead bodies, and laid it in his fresh undefiled tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. And he rolled a big boulder over the door of the tomb and went away. And Mary of Magdala and the other Mary kept sitting there opposite the tomb.
0: Verses 62 through 66 describe the guard detail at Jesus' tomb. The next day, that is, the day after the day of preparation for the Sabbath, the chief priests and the Pharisees assembled before Pilate and said, Sir, we have just remembered how that vagabond imposter said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise again. Therefore, give an order to have the tomb made secure and safeguarded until the third day, for fear that his disciples will come and steal him away, and tell the people that he has risen from the dead, and the last deception and fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Take them and go. Make it as secure as you can. So they went off and made the tomb secure by sealing the boulder, a guard of soldiers being with them and remaining to watch.
1: Matthew 28 verses 1 through 10 gives the account of Jesus' resurrection. Now after the Sabbath, near dawn of the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala and the other Mary went to take a look at the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the boulder back and sat upon it, His appearance was like lightning, and his garments as white as snow. And those keeping guard were so frightened at the sight of him that they were agitated, and they trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be alarmed and frightened, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen as he said he would do. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold,
0: I have told you. So they left the tomb hastily with fear and great joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And as they went, behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they went up to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be alarmed and afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go into Galilee, and there they will see me.
1: Dear Father, we thank you for those who are listening to this broadcast, and we thank you for the opportunity to speak your words to them. Many of them have accepted the payment for their sin nature by the blood of your Son, Jesus, and they love you back with everything they have and everything they are. As Jesus gave us the definition of love for you at John 14:21, as keeping the commandments he left for us, these beloved by you love you according to that standard. We thank you for them and their witness to those around them. We thank you, Father, that they are kept by your mighty power according to your word at Jude 1.24 that says you are able to keep them from falling, and you do so to present them faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. We also thank you for the opportunity to speak to those who do not know you or love you, and those who believe they belong to you but do not. We ask you to grant them the repentance that brings eternal life spoken of at Acts 11.18. We ask that you shine the light of your love into their hearts so brightly that they see their sins as you see them. We ask that they be so softened toward you that they are moved to change their minds about those sins and forsake them forever. We also ask you that everyone listening to this message will have the revelation of the great love you have for each one of them. Please, Father, let the realization of that love be so powerful as to heal every hurt and pain, break through every vestige of unbelief brought on by those who have misrepresented you, bring peace to every trauma and torment caused by life in a fallen world. Fully meet every incident of lack and want and destroy the chains of demonic bondage. Let your presence, dear Father, break through every lie that encases those you love so much so that your only Son, Jesus, is revealed to the eyes of their hearts and they know beyond knowing that the sin ransom for them was paid so they could be with you forever. We also ask, precious Father, that all these be protected from the one that would lead them away by trickery from the shelter of the shepherd and guardian of our souls, Jesus. Bring to their remembrance, dear Father, that saving faith in your Son Jesus is the only means of deliverance for them from the wrath that is coming upon the world because of those who disobey you. Thank you for hearing us. We give all praise honor and glory to you, loving Father, for revealing your enormous heart to us and for making us yours through the life of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus, and the mighty resurrection of Jesus. It is in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. This concludes part one of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We will present part two next week. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling in your life. If you faithfully spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week, and we ask you to remember,
0: Life is good. God gives life. God is good.